So thanks for joining us today on Leadership Log, which is a podcast for the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center community on topics of interest. And the topic of interest today is learning about telework. So we've got some experts with us today. Uh, and I'm going to ask each to introduce themselves, and then we will get started. So, Pam, over to you. Okay. Thanks, Daryl. I'm Sherry Artuso, the Director of Personnel here at the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center, where our mission is really to deliver human resource policy, planning, and resourcing, which really enables um, and supports the center's ability to support the warfighter. Under that large umbrella, we have numerous personnel programs that DP manages, um, one of which is the telework program that, that we're talking about today. So certainly telework is not new to us, but we know that it's changed for many of us over the past year and a half. So um, this um, is one of several podcasts that we really are launching to ensure employees and supervisors across the center are aware of the center telework program. So certainly look forward to the dialogue that we have um, teed up for today. Great, and um, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Jennifer Bauer. Um, I'm currently assigned as our Chief of the Personnel Programs Division within AFL-CMCDP, and telework falls under our team for support in the center. Um, I've been assigned to my current position since around 2019. Prior to that, I also held other various personnel-related positions uh, within LCMC, the 88th Air Base Wing, as well as within AFRL. So hello everyone, uh, my name is Angie Benito and I am currently assigned as the Telework Program Manager in AFLC MCDPP. Um, throughout my career here, I have held various positions within the DP community, both within functional offices as a human resource liaison, as well as within the Workforce Development Directorate where I held various jobs there as well. Um, and then, of course, I've had several other assignments at MAGCOM level and base level throughout my career here in the Air Force. So looking forward to discussing with you all today some tips and information about our telework program within AFL-CMC. Thank you. Thanks. So many employees across AFL-CMC have been teleworking for some time. Uh, but so I think it's important that we start off by defining terms so that everybody understands what we mean when we say telework. Uh, so could you, let's start off with a basic definition for that. Yeah, sure, Daryl. So I think at the most basic level, we know that telework is a voluntary work arrangement. And um, so that's important to know that it's a, a voluntary um, introduction into um, an alternate work site other than the official work site that we, um, for the most part, pre um, COVID we're, we're used to used to seeing. So um, that's a, a, again, a work arrangement that an employee or a service member um, where they perform all of their assigned official duties um, or other authorized activities from an, from an approved alternate work site, either on a situational basis, a regular recurring basis, or um, it, sometimes a full-time or remote. So there's a lot of um, different types of arrangements that uh, Jennifer probably will go into um, a little bit more in depth um, later on in the podcast. So we know really that the, the center, um, knowing the DOD telework program, um, the Air Force program and AFMC supplemental information and the center's um, supplemental information in that it, it's um, we're very committed uh, 
to utilizing and supporting um, telework here at the center, because we know there's a lot of benefits to that. Um, for instance, there's workforce efficiencies. We've seen surveys where employees have stated, I'm much more efficient if I have a balance of in the office or at home or whatever that is right for them as well as the mission. So we know there's some efficiencies that employees and employers see with that. There's also from an emergency preparedness standpoint, um, telework offers if something happens on base that we still have the ability to accomplish the mission at our approved alternate work location. Um, and also really just a quality of life as employees and employers look to strike that balance of um, working at home and working in the office. So, so there's a lot of goodness there and really um, the center is committed to make sure that we have a good solid telework program. And again, that's one of the reasons we're having this podcast now. So everyone understands their roles and responsibilities as they enter into those agreements. Um, and, and really telework um, really aims to accomplishing work. And um, so it's telework. Um, so so I, I think oftentimes, you know, we may forget that it, it's we're all working, supporting the mission, but just at another approved alternate um, work location. So um, a lot of goodness there. And then from um, when we look at our civilian personnel programs, recruitment and retention, the, it's telework is a big tool for us to utilize. Um, we know that um, everyone, you know, a lot of people, a lot of companies have moved to full-time remote or just a hybrid um, work environment. So we recognize that and yet another reason that we're um, you know, in full support of, of a telework program. So um, we, we also know there's probably some cost savings in there, um, reducing the need for office space, parking spaces, transportation costs. There, there's um, you know, a lot of benefit. So again, really to foot stomp um, our um, really um, desire to have a good solid telework program for our workforce. And I'll let Jennifer go into a little bit more detail um, on the various types of um, telework arrangements that's available. Great, thank you so much, Sherry. Um, so under our AFL-CMC telework program, there are some very specific types of telework, uh, telework arrangements that are available to our workforce. Um, I'll touch on each of those very briefly and give you a little bit of background about what types of telework arrangements are available. Um, so first we have ad hoc and situational, we have regular and recurring, we have full-time telework, and we also have remote telework. Um, I'll talk about each of those uh, over the next several moments. So first up is ad hoc and situational telework. That's really a telework arrangement where telework is approved by a supervisor on a case-by-case -case basis where the hours worked are not part of a previously approved, a routine, or an ongoing telework schedule for an employee. Often, this type of telework arrangement is best suited to support uh, continuation of work during inclement weather, uh, to support working on special work assignments, training, uh, or other unique circumstances where it may be warranted. In addition, we have um, regular and recurring telework, and that's really an arrangement where telework is approved by a supervisor, and an employee has an ongoing and a regular schedule where they will telework on an approved day or days during the week. Um, under this type of a telework arrangement, an employee must report to the official work site 
Often it's the installation at least twice per biweekly pay period. Um, for the next two types of telework arrangements I'll mention, it's important to listen and to really understand um, whether the telework will occur within or outside the local commuting area at the installation where the employee is assigned to, because that will help to distinguish whether or not the arrangement should be one or the other. Um, so these types of telework also apply when an employee will have a telework arrangement uh, such that they are not reporting to the regular work site at least two times per biweekly pay period. So for one of our employees who may be working 10 days a pay period, uh, in the following two examples and definitions that I'll talk about, this means that they're really going to be in a telework posture nine or 10 days of a pay period. So first we have full-time telework. So this is where an employee will reside inside the local commuting area of the employee's assigned unit. They're regularly scheduled to perform work at their alternate duty location that's inside the local commuting area of the, assigned, of the assigned unit. And they're not expected to report to their unit, uh, their physical office location, if you will, on a regular basis, but they may be asked to come in uh, to their physical work site on short notice as needed. The last one is remote telework. So this is very much like full-time telework, except the distinction is, Telework is happening outside the local commuting area. So remote telework, this is an arrangement where an employee resides outside the local commuting area of the employee's assigned unit. They are regularly scheduled to perform all of their work at that alternate duty location that was approved. Uh, that's also outside the local commuting area. And the employee is not expected to report to his or her uh, physical office location on a regular basis. If they do need to come into the office, Typically, it's scheduled in advance, in advance of them coming into the work site for whatever reason it may be. Um, so those in summary are just the four different primary types of telework that we see here throughout the center that our workforce may be taking advantage of at any point in time uh, when it's been approved by their supervisor. Thank you. Uh, so we know that not everyone is eligible for telework. So what decision process do supervisors go through when they're determining whether or not telework is appropriate for, for a position? There are actually several factors that have to be taken into play uh, when deciding whether or not a person in position are able to telework. So first, the supervisor would need to review the duties that are assigned to the particular position because in some instances, some duties simply are not conducive to telework. So some examples of things like that would be access to classified materials where a person might need continued access all day long every day. Um, obviously in that type of scenario, that person would not be eligible to telework. Additionally, we have some positions that require face-to-face -face contact every day and you cannot execute those, dis those duties uh, remotely either. So those positions um, would not be eligible to telework most likely. Um, an additional factor that needs to be taken into consideration is whether or not any of the duties in a situation like that could possibly be considered portable or able to be conducted someplace else. Oftentimes, even though our positions may require continued access to secured materials or must be conducted in particular facilities face-to-face -face and things like that, there are a lot of things such as reports or maybe even like reading ahead in preparation for uh, future events coming up and those kinds of things that would be conducive to telework. So for situations like that, we certainly want to be able to extend those opportunities to employees in situations where they're interested in it and we can make it available. 
Now, additionally, supervisors also have to consider the employee themselves. Um, sometimes we have new folks coming in, maybe they're on a trainee position, they've brand new off the street and they just don't have any experience under their belts just yet. So for people like that, um, oftentimes they're not able to telework right away. At first, it's best for them to stay in an office with someone who can get them up to speed and show them the ropes on different systems, policies, processes, and things like that. And then once those folks finally are proficient on the, in those tasks, then they're able to be considered for telework. So just because someone may start out in a non-telework um, position, that doesn't mean that that can't change in the future for them. And then additionally, if folks should happen to have disciplinary action against them, perhaps that was in the form of conduct or perhaps it was on a recent performance appraisal, anything like that that's occurred within the last 12 months would make an employee ineligible for telework at the particular moment. So that also is something that can be revisited as time goes by and the employee has an opportunity to demonstrate their, their trustworthiness um, and you know, good work, work ethic and things of that nature. So those are some of the most important things to consider um, when determining whether or not a position and a person are eligible for a telework um, opportunity. So I think somebody mentioned earlier that telework has changed a little bit from, uh, from the beginning of COVID to where we are today. Uh, so with those changes in mind, where, where can someone go find the information to get the latest, uh, most up-to-date reference materials? So we'll be sure, Daryl, to give you the link um, so the viewers can um, find the site that we really worked hard on um, really to have a, a one site to access various things related to the guidance and um, the uh, definitions that Jennifer has described, what Angie described, um, what people in positions, um, you know, are um, that are conducive to telework. Um, all everything that we've talked about and a lot more templates, et cetera, are out on the SharePoint site. So We've been able to capture everything, hopefully in a very intuitive um, one-stop shop manner for, for the viewer. So we, we will be sure to um, send that out when you um, push the podcast so that they have that link. And because of the guidance, um, we, we are always looking at improvements. So when um, I would recommend viewers as they go to the site, um, save it and check it often as we might have updated policy, updated processes. Um, so it's just a good resource to, to file and, and um, check back often. Um, so I, I, I think there's just a lot of good things in the way from a supervisory perspective, as well as an employee perspective to know what ought to go into the telework agreement, um, some of the standard terms and conditions that we've adopted at the center so we're consistent in the application um, across, across the board. So um, one last thing um, on the site, uh, people will find a list of our points of contact. So these are our telework coordinators who really have a good handle on everything we talked about today and some of the um, other tactical level things, again, putting together an agreement. Um, so they're a good, um, a resource for supervisors and employees to reach out to. So they'll find, uh, your viewers um, will find that on our side as well. Okay. Thank you. 
so, you know, overall, we've gotten better at this hotel work experience uh, with the odd barking dog or hot mic aside. Uh, but still, it presents challenges and people do need training. Where are some resources that they can find for supervisors and employees to help them uh, find, you know, best practices or additional training for, for teleworking? Yeah, Daryl, um, that's a great question. So beyond all of those materials that Sherry's mentioned today um, that we host and make available on our AFL-CMC Telework SharePoint site, we also host a variety of other resources regarding things like telework, um, hybrid work, communicating in a virtual environment, and more on our AFL-CMC Learning Resource Center, uh, which is currently available online off of the AFL-CMC public website. Um, this is such a great tool and resource because you don't need to be connected to VPN in order to take advantage of all of the great information that we found and that we've posted um, on the AFL-CMC public website. Um, we, employees and supervisors, can both really benefit from the information we've sourced. We've tried to make it available on that Learning Resource Center. We try to update it pretty frequently as we come across great resources. Um, so if you happen to visit the AFL-CMC Learning Resource Center on the public website, um, located on the site, you'll look for keys to effective telework, and that's where you'll find um, the information I've mentioned, things like articles, things like podcasts, YouTube videos, and more. Um, additionally, we're really taking a close look at what types of training opportunities we can embed and incorporate into our AFL-CMC focus weeks. So that's some uh, a project that we're currently working on, uh, something to be on the lookout for, because our goal is to also incorporate some additional training for our employees as well as our supervisors and have it as part of a regular ongoing battle rhythm in our AFL-CMC focus weeks to focus on this exact topic. Yeah, I think that'd be very helpful. Um, so that pretty much brings us to the end of our time. But before we close, I just want to see, is there anything that I didn't ask about or anything that you guys would like to reiterate? Thank you for bringing that up because yes, I do have just a couple of quick uh, tips for folks to keep in mind. Um, one of those is when looking for jobs, make sure as you're reviewing things on USA Jobs that when you review each announcement, you look to see whether or not that position uh, is eligible for telework. That would help you, you know, to be aware of that going in, where if that is something that's important to you, then you'll know whether or not you may want to apply for that position or continue looking for a different one. And then another thing uh, to keep in mind is that if you're interested in a remote telework agreement, make sure that you have that fully vetted with your supervisory chain before you start putting steps in place to actually begin working remotely. Those types of agreements along with our full-time telework situations do require AFLC-MCCA approval uh, before you're able to enter into those types of agreements. So the, just those couple of things to uh, keep in the back of your minds as you consider telework. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, thanks very much for your time today. Uh, I think we've shown a lot of light on this uh, topic and uh, help people better understand how to be successful in telework. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.